Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod. As always, I'm your host, AB, and don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at clutch underscore pod. Alright, cool. So, again, just going to be me this week. I did say I was going to line up a couple guests, but due to all four, wow, wow, English is had. <laughs> due to unforeseen circumstances, they all couldn't turn up. So, yeah. As always, going to be going through Premier League weekend results. Big, big games this weekend in the league. On Sunday, it was Derby Day. So we had three rivalries. Chelsea played Fulham. That ain't really a rivalry, though, man. Like, they always beat them, man. But yeah, so Chelsea Fulham. It's a geographical rivalry, isn't it? So Chelsea Fulham. Um, obviously, North London Derby. Arsenal played Spurs. And. The Merseyside Derby, Liverpool played Everton. There's only one place we're going to be kicking off, though. You already know where it is. At the Emirates, Arsenal come back from two goals down to beat Spurs 40. Can't lie, watching the game was probably one of the matches of the season, man. I mean, it had everything. Everything you want in the Derby, you know, high emotions, a little bit of aggressiveness, each challenge, shit like that. That's what makes things a Derby, man. It was a, it was a good watch, I can't lie. But yeah, we saw Arsenal come back from two goals, no, 2-1 down to beat Spurs at home. Aubameyang banging in two goals, second one, just a dirty, dirty finesse. That's what you call R1-0. And then Lacazette scoring as well, as well as um, Lucas Terreira scoring his debut for Spurs. Ari, Ari Kane scoring a pen with Eric Dyer. Aubameyang's two goals drags him to the top of the... Goal scoring charts in the Premier League. He scored his ninth and tenth goal of the season. And like I said, he's on six goals. So they got both strikers firing at the moment. And I don't know if you guys remember episode one, I believe, we done our predictions for Golden Boot. And Ray was like to me how he sees Aubameyang and Lacazette, one of them winning it. And at the time, we all critiqued it, saying that they can't see each other out for the mere fact that they're on the same team and they'll have to probably scored the most goals in Premier League history in a single season to get a chance of winning that. At this moment in time, he's at the top. Who's really going to stop him? And then, yeah, Lucas Torreira just sealing the deal 4-2. The thing I like, I like that guy a lot, man. He showed so much passion. For a guy who's just signed for the team, yeah, you can tell how much it means to him. I know a lot of people were saying that, ah, in the North London derby, Arsenal didn't have, like, a lot of homegrown talents and things like that. But, fam... This guy, they literally plucked him from Uruguay, yeah? He's coming. He already knows how big this day is for the team. And you can see it all over his face. Like, apparently he cried afterwards as well. That's what you call passion, bruv. That's what you call putting your body and soul on the line for the team, bruv. Shit like that. That's what football is all about, man. I mean, even afterwards, I saw a video on Twitter of Granduzzi. He was in the back of a cab, I think, and then all the Arsenal fans were surrounding him, and they could see they were amping him up. This guy looked gassed. He put his head out the window, accelerated. This is what football is about, fam. Trust me, these derby days is not just about three points, fam. It's about getting one over your over the ops, basically. But no, that was a good win for Arsenal. Spurs bottling it again after going two one up. I did think at the beginning it would be closer than I thought. Especially towards the end of the match anyway. Considering what they done against Chelsea Spurs last week. That good 3-1 win. But, boy, they just, they're just not a winning team. Like, they're always bottling it. And this takes me back to the time against Juventus. 
when they bottled it and we, who was it? I think it was Chiellini after the game in a post-match interview was saying that Spurs is in their history to just bottle it. I went, that's when I knew that, yeah, like Spurs ain't going anywhere nice for now anyway, man. Because if them man know and they're in Syria, ah, then yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a problem for Spurs still. Yeah, moving on. That's a great win for Arsenal though, man. And you could tell like... The game meant a lot to both sets of players because obviously the little melees that they had and Eric Dyer going into their way and to celebrate a Batman return in their favour. Then you can see all the posts that was on Instagram. I think Socrates Socrates posted a pic on Insta of him standing over Harry Kane like towering above him. It means a lot, man. It's probably one of the fiercest derbies in the Prem at the moment because them man hate each other. And with other derbies like Liverpool, Everton, we all know that Liverpool are levels above Everton. Not levels, but in fact, yeah, they're levels above Everton. And Man United and Man City, that derby only started kicking off recently after Man City got the Arab money in it. Arsenal Tottenham is probably the biggest derby you have. And oh yeah, you got Man United, Liverpool as well. They also have a huge game on Wednesday, huge game for both teams. United against Arsenal at Old Trafford on Wednesday, 7.45 kickoff. I don't know why they put it on a Wednesday though, middle of the week. Like that's meant to be a Saturday fixture or a Super Sunday, but can't complain. Obviously, I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans, especially on Twitter, they're all pumped up because they what they done to Spurs. They're like, yeah, bring on United, we'll do them at Old Trafford. One thing I won't lie to you though, no matter how much United are struggling, <laughs> when it comes to Arsenal, they always turn up, bruv. You cannot forget that. Look what happened last year. They always, always turn up. So Right now, United are so unpredictable, isn't it? Poor 2-2 draw against Southampton. We'll come to that later on in the show. But, yeah, they always turn up. But right now, I really don't know. Can Arsenal win at Old Trafford? I won't be surprised if they do, man. I actually won't be surprised because they're in form at the moment. That win against Tottenham gave them is a huge, huge momentum boost. So, they believe they can do anything right now. Even if that means win at Old Trafford, which they haven't done in Lord knows how long, bruv. But, yeah, it'll be a good match to see. It'll be a great watch and we'll only only have to wait and see. Personally, I feel like I feel like United will win, man. Like I said before, no matter how much we're struggling in the league, when it's Arsenal, that's when the players really, really roll up their sleeves and get it cracking. Even the manager... Because we all know the history that Mourinho had with Wenger in the past. Even though Emery's now there. He still wants to win against Arsenal, man. That ain't going to change no matter what manager they have. Moving on. Another disappointing result for Manchester United at home yet again. They drew 2-0 two two with Southampton after going 2-0 down. Southampton, who haven't won a game since April. You know, before, yeah... The pre-match like analysis when they like talking and stuff like that. When they said that, I just knew that yeah, they're gonna come in and win, bro. Anytime they have their mad stats where a teammate wants is like 1947, you know they're gonna come around and do a mad thing, bro. We got two goals down in like what 20 minutes. I said, yeah, we're done. Like, I don't even care if we bring this back. Because this is just symbolic. So I've had to look where they are in the league. Look where they are in the league. And they even sacked Mark Hughes after that. Mark Hughes got sacked. On Monday, a Southampton manager, after a draw with Manchester United. Can you deep that? Like, a Southampton manager got sacked because they drew with United. But Mourinho's still there. Like, if there was anyone that deserved to get sacked after that match, it's him. Look at the team sheet he put. He put McTominay, 
and Matic in a back three with Phil Jones when there's a fully fit Marcus Rojo on the bench where he's just come back from injury, but still. Who, a fully fit Eric Bailly who's not even making a substitutes bench at these times. Eric Bailly hasn't played since Mourinho benched in rough 20 minutes when he beats Newcastle 3-2. Let that sink in. Like He's been playing McTominay at the back and Matic. What does, how do you think, yeah... Rojo and Bay will feel when they got a yeet, yeah, who's not even a centre-back, playing at centre-back, bro. Like, these men are well, fully-fledged internationals, bro. Rojo starts for Argentina. Eric Bay starts for Ivory Coast. These men, you're telling me McTominay is a better fit at centre-half instead of, instead of both of them. Like, it's a joke. At this point, I don't think he cares anymore, bro. Like, he just don't give a toss. And it's just sad to see, man, because we see... Teams, look at Emery, for example. He came into Arsenal. I thought that, yeah, it might be three, four years. Arsenal will be struggling a bit. Then they'll get back on top like United. But look at the way they're shining now, bro. They might even fuck around and win at Old Trafford, bro. On Wednesday, it's a joke thing. Mourinho, 400 mil he spent in like three years, fam. And he's still boasting about winning a 2-2 community shield. Like, it's a joke, man. It's actually embarrassing, fam. The fact that... No one, no, none of the owners, none of them, man, can think that, yeah, we need to sack him. Look where we're sitting in the league. I don't think United will make top four this year, man. It's that real. It's that real. United, where are they? Eight points off top four now. It's a joke, fam. It's an absolute monstrosity, fam. I can't think of the adjective to describe it, fam. Eight points off the top four after 14 games. Lackluster draw against Southampton. Lackluster no-no against... Fucking Crystal Palace at home. It's just don't know, like, the players, their heads are down. Look at the other day when Rashford missed that chance. Look at the way Mourinho reacted. Like, stuff like that. You can't be doing that as the manager of, of Manchester United. Look at that victory against young boys. Man's all smashing water bottles and shit like that. Like, come on, man. We shouldn't be struggling against teams like that, man. Look at the quality of the side. It's time for Mourinho to go. I've been screaming this for a while. I did say that we have to wait till the end of the season. And as much as it makes sense to me, rationally, for him to leave at the end of the season, I just want him gone now, man. I just want him to go now, bruv. Like, oh, I can't be living like this. I can't, fam. I actually can't. Like, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, with the players that we have, we shouldn't be playing like this. We shouldn't, fam. I mean, all right, cool. It was a good win against Juventus in the Champions League a couple of weeks ago, but we all know that was a fluke, bruv. Like, look, look at what happened. Like, I don't know, man. But, yeah, let's move on. One of the derby games we had on Sunday, we saw Chelsea beat Fulham 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. It was a good win for Chelsea. Fulham, watching them, I believe they're much better defensively. I know they lost 2-0, but you have to take into consideration the opposition they they came up against. And how they used to play before when they were so leaky at the back. They, were, they proved they were hard to break down. It wasn't easy going 1-0 down after five minutes, I believe. Pedro scoring the goal. It was a good little goal from them as well. And then Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He's on fire, actually. I think he's got five goals in eight appearances. So he should be pushing for a start in that Chelsea midfield. But yeah, it's good on him to see him getting goals and stuff like that. But yeah, he scored to like kill off the game. But yeah, Fulham, it can't. They can't hang their heads too down because no one expecting them to win anyway. But they're showing signs. They're showing signs of improvement. And like I said before, I still believe that they will survive with the quality of their squad they had. They have at the moment. Chelsea that win leaves them in third place, five points off of Liverpool in second, and seven points off the top 
another <laughs> another shocking Morata miss. I don't even think they're shocking anymore because that guy's just been missing. He missed a chance, like, what was it, like five yards away from the goal? Open goal, he just smashed it over the crossbar. Like, I think him and Lukaku, they're just outdoing themselves to show who's been, who's the shit a striker. Like, I look at both of them and I just think, like, you man are worth millions of pounds. Like, you're telling me you can't finish or control a ball. Like, I'm thinking, what are you doing training? Like, it's embarrassing to see these Premier League players, yeah, and they're just playing like shit, brother. I don't understand at all. But yeah, enough of the ranting. Let's move on to the other weekend fixtures. Another routine win for Man City. Well, it was routine for most of the day when they beat Bournemouth 3-1. Bournemouth did momentarily equalise. Callum Wilson, another goal for him. He's on fire. That's his seventh of the season. Like I said, it was just momentarily because City came out after the break, banged in two goals. Raheem Sterling with another goal. He scored last week against West Ham as well. And Ilkay Gundogan just killing off the game, making it 3-1 after 79 minutes i believe but yeah like i said just a routine win for city you know normal business is normal that's what 38 points two points clear and their goal difference is mad as well it's 37 bruv the nearest one is liverpool in second is 22 like they're just scoring so many goals that's a good win for them wrapping up the rest of the weekend results big win for west ham you know they won at st james's park 3-0 against newcastle Whitewash settings, you know. Javier Hernandez banged in two goals. That's a guy we could deal with back at United, man. Imagine if we had Hernandez up top, fam. Ah, that brought bare memories back, man. Javier Hernandez, fam. Chicharito. He banged in two goals. And Felipe Anderson scoring as well. Felipe Anderson, he's a good little signing, man. I watched him a lot when he was at Lazio. He was a lively winger, man. He's got five this season. That's decent for him. Good win for West Ham. Newcastle. They won their last two games. I feel like this is just a little blip, but you can't be losing 3-0 at like, home, man. Especially against West Ham, bro. Like, come on, bro. Leicester, they won 2-0 against Watford. Good little win for them. Brighton beat Huddersfield 2-1 away from home. Huddersfield down to 10 men, though. Steven Mounier got sent off. I feel for that guy, though, man, because as a striker, going through a serious goal drought. And you know that can just play with your head, man. Just fucking around, got sent off straight red, fam. Ref was having none of it. Yeah, that wraps up this weekend's Premier League results. Obviously, during the week, some big games coming up. Tuesday, we got Watford, Man City, West Ham, Cardiff, Brighton, Palace, and Bournemouth, Huddersfield. And on Wednesday, it's the big one. Manchester United against Arsenal. Third against fucking seventh. <laughs> oh, my days, no. Fourth against fucking seventh, so you know he's got nothing to do with the league. It's just serious, serious rivalry. And like I said before, speaking to a lot of Arsenal fans, a lot of them, the winner gets Tottenham, got them all guessed in that. But I'm telling them, listen, Man United are no Spurs, bro. I know we've been shit this season, but it's, this is a whole nother ball game, bro. We are not Tottenham, like. We got 2-0 up at Old Trafford. Done. The game is done, bruv. I don't care how shit we've been before. I don't care the fact that we're due to Southampton. We, we go 2-0 up. That's it, bruv. That's it. The game's over. We're closing you lot out. Hopefully we can, man. I'm hearing that there's a lot of injury crisis right now. Apparently, Lukaku's injured. I never, I never really want to wish injury on anyone. But thank God, man. That nigga has been ass, bruv. I can't lie. Before, yeah, I used to, like, 
obviously I was in with all the banter of his first touch, like it's so shit, ha ha ha, like it's funny. But I'm sitting down, yeah, and I'm starting to think that this shit is actually embarrassing, bruv. How can you be, yeah, a Premier League striker? Your professional footballer playing at the highest level, yeah? You're worth, what, 75 mil, 90 mil including add-ons. That's, that was your transfer fee, yeah? You're earning six figures a week. You're telling me you can't control a ball. Like, how the fuck is that possible, bruv? Like, do you not train, fam? I don't get it, man. Like, it's not even something hard. Like, your first touch, you can't control the ball. That shit has put him in jeopardy so many times. Like, because there's, there's been so many chances whereby if his first touch was good, he would have scored. Like, if Lukaku had a first touch, not even a sick, I'm not even talking about a Berbatov touch. Like, I don't know if you might know, but Dimitar Berbatov has one of the most disgusting touches in, in world football, bruv. That guy, he can control a ball from space, fam. But yeah, I'm not even asking for a man to have a Berbatov touch. Just be able to control the ball, like. It's not hard, man. It's not hard at all. As I was saying, I even lost my trail of thought. But yeah, he's doubtful as well as Smalling and Shaw. So, boy. Ashley Young suspended. He got a stupid yellow card against Southampton. And Lindelof's injured as well. So, a back four is probably going to be Valencia, McTominay, Matic and Damian. So, boy. We better outscore Arsenal, literally, because there's no defending. There's no... I don't want to see none of that park in the bus shit if you've got Matic and McTominay at the back. Or maybe that's when he'll finally want to bring back Rojo. Only Lord knows. But yeah, that's a big game. And other games on Wednesday. Spurs play Southampton. Wolves play Chelsea at Molyneux. Fulham Leicester. Everton Newcastle. And Burnley host Liverpool. I'll be keeping my eyes peeled on the Wolves-Chelsea match at Molyneux. Wolves getting a bad run of form at the moment. On Friday, they lost against Cardiff 2-1 at the Cardiff City Stadium. That's a bad result for them, man. They haven't won in their last, like, seven games. But at, against the top sides, they have a decent record. I mean, they drew out Old Trafford. They drew against Man City. Only one of the team has managed to get points from Man City this season. So that is a good result. And they drew against Arsenal. So... Against the top teams, they're good. I'd like to see if they can get a win at home to Chelsea. That would be a good morale boost for them because they haven't won in a minute. Yeah, that's the midweek fixtures. So I'll be back after the conclusion of the United-Arsenal game to give my reactions. Hopefully, it will be positive, man. Hopefully. And I'll try to get some Arsenal fans on a panel as well so I can rattle them a little bit. <laughs> this is this podcast is not going to age well if we lose. <laughs> but yeah, so... That's it for the Premier League segment. We will be back after the Arsenal United game to do a little post-game analysis. Analyse what could have gone well, what could have gone better, whatever. But yeah, this is Clutch Pod. I'm your host, AB. I know, yet again, there's no one on the panel. It's just me. I did say last week I was going to try and sort out some special guests and new people to go on the panel. But due to unforeseen circumstances, that hasn't happened. But... Don't lose faith in us. Like I said, Clutch Pod, we're just getting started. It's all part of the come up. And slowly but surely, we will get there, man. Keep keep following us. Keep supporting us. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. Like I said before, we're now on iTunes as well as Spotify and SoundCloud. So we're trying to spread to all different platforms and become more accessible. And if you're still listening at this point, much, much thanks. And yeah, keep supporting Clutch Pod. 
moving on to the NBA segment now. Alright, big up Meet Millie doll man. Championships, new album. Get that right now, fam. A lot of bangers on there. That's my guy, fam. Meet Millie. But yeah, moving on to the NBA segment. We got a lot to wrap up, man. We got a lot to wrap up. Let's get started, though, man, with the game the other night. I feel like it was one of the best games of the season so far, fam. We saw the Raptors narrowly close out Golden State Warriors at the Scotiabank Arena. Kawhi Leonard, KD, they went at it. KD dropped 49 on him. Still lost. <laughs> but yeah, it was a sick game, man. Trust me, fam. I feel like the fact that Toronto just narrowly closed them out. Even though Golden State didn't have Curry and Jamon and them, man. Just goes to show how much levels, yeah, Golden State are, man. Because Kevin Durant, he carried them. Obviously, he couldn't carry them all the way, but they still done their thing, innit? Uh, the, the shots he was dropping were just fake. Um, this guy is, is such a cheat code, man. Because at that height, he shouldn't have the handles he has or the ball playing ability he has. But yeah, here he is. Draining freeze from the corner, sending the game into overtime. But yeah, it was a really, really good match to watch, man. Trust me. At the end of overtime, 131 to 128. KD, he was cooking, bruv. He dropped 51 on the Raptors. 51 and 51, 11 and 6. Kawhi, you know he was getting his numbers as well. 37 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. But yeah. Kevin Durant, he just showed that he is levels, man. He's, he's a top two player in the league right now, man. It's not really surprising that they lost, but the fact that it was that close just goes to show that they're still levels, man. KD, solid performance. Um, but yeah, it was a good, good win for the Raptors. A lot of people were saying this is a preview into the NBA finals, and I'll agree with them at this current moment of time. I see the Raptors... Winning the East as much as it hurts me. But Philly, we soon get there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no one's stopping the Warriors in the West. I don't care who you are. Like I know the Clippers have been coming nice. I know OKC, they, they found their rhythm. I know Lakers got LeBron, but nah, let's be real, man. You know you know, Warriors are just going to do their thing, fam. If that's what we're going to see in the NBA Finals, then yeah, we're in for a little treat still. Because that game was fucking live, fam. That was a good game for them. But then recently, Warriors... Steph Curry's back for them now, back from injury. They still lost to the Pistons in Detroit, 102 to 111. That leads me to pose the question, do they really care about finishing first? Like, they already know, at cool, we're getting playoffs. Let's just finish somewhere nice, innit? Where we got two, two home court advantage at least, innit? So, I'm thinking, right now, they're fourth in the West. Fourth in the West. 15 and 9. Yeah. Do they really care about finishing first? Like, do they have an incentive to finish first? Because there was a lot of talk about, oh, are they going to repeat their slow 73 and 9 season? That shit ain't happening again. I'm sorry. Like, that ain't happening again. So at the moment, they're just coasting, I think, man. I feel like they're just coasting. I had a little conversation with nephew, and I was saying, at this moment of time, I think the East is better than the West. Because if you were to take the top five teams in the East, I feel like they'll beat them. Five teams in the West. Most of them will anyway. Let's let's think about pound for pound, yeah, head to head. So right now, Toronto are first in the East, and the Nuggets are first in the West. I see Toronto closing out the Nuggets easily, bro. That would be a serious sweep. Like I know the Nuggets have been nice, 
Jokic, Jamal Murray has been particularly impressive. But they're no match for the Raptors. Second in the West are the Clippers. Second in the East are the Bucks. That's a little matchup still, but the Bucks will beat the Clippers. I'm so sure of it. Clippers, they've been nice under um, Doc Rivers. They've been playing some good basketball. And this thing right about it, they don't have no bona fide out-and-out star. I know Tobias Harris, he's been putting up serious numbers. Probably, he might even sneak into a little all-star position at this point because he's been playing well. Sixth man of the year contender, Lou Williams coming off the bench, Patrick Beverly, all them man, they are nice. But they're no match for the Greek freak, Bledsoe, Brogdon, Brook Lopez. Like, they'll close them out. Third in the East, Philly. And he's third in the West, OKC. That's a serious, serious matchup. Like, I'd like to see that, a seven-game series of that. But obviously, we all know that ain't going to happen, innit? It'll be, a, it'll be a tight match, you know? I think, without being biased, the Sixers will close out OKC, though, due to their length and their defense, defensive capabilities. And the fact that neither team really has a bench to say. Obviously, for OKC, Andre Robertson, he's been out for a while, and he's... That nigga got injured whilst he was injured, so that's just depressing, man. I think he's going to be reevaluated after six weeks. So, yeah, that's sad for him. When you look at the squads head-to-head, Philadelphia got a better team, like, when you when you think about it like that. But, like I said, this is all um, theoretically, in it. So, obviously, we're not going to see any of this happen. I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see the five team, the top five teams in the East take on the top five teams in the West. Fourth in the West are... Golden State and fourth in the East are Detroit. And like I just said before, Detroit just beat the Warriors. But yeah, in the seven-game series, yeah, they'll get closed out so quickly. It just goes to show like the East is getting up there, man. It's more, it's not better, but the West is way more competitive right now. Because if you look at like from first to like tenth, yeah, only four games separate them. So it's very, very tight right now. Yeah, you couldn't say who would make the playoffs. Because I don't think the top three right now will be the top three come will be the top three come April, bruv. Because that's Denver, Clippers, and OKC. Like that shit is meant. They ain't gonna stay there, man. As as good as they are, I don't see that happening. Moving on though, let's talk about the highlights of the last week. So we already spoke about the Raptors Warriors game. Raptors beating them. That, that was a good match to watch, man. Let's talk Lakers. What what have they been on recently, fam? A lot of reports have come out in the media saying how oh, LeBron, you don't listen to the head coach, he does his own thing, this, this, that. Thinking, like, he's LeBron, fam, like, how's he going to listen to him? Like, he never listened to Ty Lee when he was there. Someone said that, um, <laughs> as a coach, Ty Lee is what? 0-4, because you know how Cavs started the season 0-4, innit? And that was ever since LeBron left. <laughs> so, shit like that, like, when you got man saying stuff like that, yeah, you know you never used to listen to him, like. Apparently, Luke Walton will drop plays. LeBron will be like, I've missed you with that bullshit, bruv. I'm doing my own thing. It's, I wouldn't say it's sad to see, but it's peak being undermined as a head coach, innit? But he will, he will stomach it, man. That, that's what come. that's the occupational hazard of coaching a LeBron James fam. You know he's going to do shit his own way. Whether you like it or not, that's your own problem. But yeah. Right now, they're 13 and 9 at the moment. I believe, no, they're 14 and 9, sitting fifth in the West. That's decent for them. I mean, um, there's been a lot of talk about how LeBron ain't got another star. He's with all these young bulls doing his thing. But yeah, them sitting in fifth in the West right now, that's decent, man. I still think that they will finish in the top four, giving them a home court advantage. 
So them being just what one position away from that, that's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. But yeah, they're going, they're going decently. One guy I want to speak about, yeah, Luka Doncic. Hey, this guy is straight up balling, bruv. Hey, can't lie, he's probably the front runner for the rookie of the year right now behind Trey Young, averaging eighteen point five points, six point five rebounds, four point three assists. We all know how deep he can drain freeze. That nigga can drain freeze from far. Like I saw his buzzer beat against the Rockets. I believe he was straight cooking against them, fam. But yeah, Mavericks are going. They're not really going nice, but they're they're in I I nothing T special. They're eleven and ten at the moment. Uh, yeah, shout out Doncic, man. More news coming out of Chicago. Um, they sacked Fred Hoiberg, their head coach. And a lot of people were saying it's, it's about time because he's the guy that obviously got rid of Jimmy Butler to Minnesota. But to be fair, they didn't draft that badly, innit? Car They got Laurie Markin and I know he was injured. He's just come back now, innit? He just played his first game against the Rockets. Yeah, when they lost to the Rockets. So he's a nice little player, man. I, I rate him highly, personally. So it's good to see him come back. They've now got Jabari Parker as well. Wendell Carter Jr., he's nice. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit sad that he had to go, but it's business, isn't it? Like, it's that real. And Bulls right now, they're in a sticky place because they're trying to rebuild. Right now, they're 5-19 and 19 at the moment. So, I don't know whether they're trying to tank for Zion or whoever, but, yeah, it's not looking nice for them. Other news in the league, the Sixers continue their good home form. Watched them the other night close out Memphis at the Wells Fargo Center. They're now, that's their sixth win in a row, 13-1 and one at home. They've got the best home record in the league. And, yeah, they're doing nice. They're doing nice. Jimmy Butler's integrating well with the squad. And, B, the numbers have taken a little dip recently. But that's because he's been getting benched early because they've been blowing out teams. Like they dealt with the Wizards and the Knicks. Serious blowouts where he only played, like, 25 and, yeah, they're going well. JJ Reg, he's been cooking recently, man. He dropped 24 against the Grizzlies. Dropped 24 against the Knicks. Doing nice. And, yeah, they're, they're a nice team. Whether they can break into the Celtic Raptors bracket. And, yes, I did say Celtics because where they are right now ain't pretty. They're 13 and 10. But I have faith in Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. They're going to turn this around. And I see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry. So... Yeah, it's literally going to be the Raptors, Celtics, slash 76ers. But for now, I'm putting Celtics and Raptors at that level above. I right, listen, shout out Derek Rose, man, because that guy, he's, he's on the come up for real, man. We all know the 50-point game he had a couple weeks ago against the Jazz, but he's coming to the bench now. He's dropping serious numbers against the Spurs the other day. He dropped 16 off the bench. Right now, he's averaging... 19, 3, and 4. That's sixth man of the year numbers. Literally, that's very good for me, man. Against the Celtics the other day, coming off the bench, he dropped 26. Very, very decent. Like, there's niggas that start at putting guard positions and he ain't dropping 26. So, you know he's doing something right. But, yeah. um, Moving on this week, there's a there's a big game coming up on Thursday. 76 is taking the Raptors. That'll be an interesting game to see. In Canada, so we gotta to fly to the six. It'll be a good game, man. It'll be a very, very good watch. I think both teams will be good defensively. Because we all know the defense that Kawhi plays, and with the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, the Sixers have been very, very good defensively. 
the last few games they played, they've managed to keep their opponents below 100 points, and that's good. That shows that they're playing good defense. Other games to look out for this week Rockets played a Jazz on Friday. That'll be an interesting matchup. We all know how hard it was for the Rockets to close them out in the East Western Conference semi finals last year. Obviously, both teams haven't got off to the greatest of starts. Rockets are 500, so they're 11 and 11, and the Jazz are 11 and 13. But trust me, it'll be a good game of basketball. I feel like that's it for now in the NBA segment of the podcast. I did say last week I was going to get people on the panel, more people, different people on the panel to share their views on the NBA season to make it more interesting because obviously one man on a podcast ain't ideal. But bear with me, take time, and it's all part of the process, man. We'll get there slowly but surely. Like I announced last week, we're now on iTunes as well as Spotify and SoundCloud, so... We're spreading, we're spreading the word, we're spreading the word. So yeah, this is Clutch Pod. I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. I'll be back next week.